This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And a good morning, one and all. Here we are broadcasting from the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village under cloudy skies, Charlie. Uh, And uh, a big welcome to you, who are all set. You're all set to do some shout-outs. Well, you know, you trained (laughs) me. I did. I learned everything about radio from you. Uh Well, maybe not everything, but I learned a lot. (laughs) I have and continue to learn a lot from you about radio. Hmm, how'd that end up in my pile? Oh. Okay. She's editing as she speaks. Okay. Uh, Yes, I am. I'm finding all these little pieces of paper, but I do have the important ones. Okay. All right. So, well, do you want to give the numbers or anything before? Oh, sure, I'll do that. I, I'm not that I'm trying to you know, tell you how to do your job. Of course just, not. Of course not. Hmm. You never do that. No. Uh, phone number for Toronto area, 416-360-0740. And then anywhere else in the province, toll-free, 1-866-744-740. Call early, call often. One question per call. And if you happen to be a first-time caller, please let Sebastian know, our tech operator there. And uh, he will uh, mark you down for a ring the bell, you'll be welcome to get your wings like that. Garden wings, because this is the garden show. Absolutely. And we do love to talk about gardening, even though it's gray and wet. And uh, And folks are thinking about Christmas right now, because the lines are almost bare. So, good time to call in. Exactly. If you feel like you have to wait in line, be the first. Exactly. Now, Uh, what do you got for us? Well, you and I are going to have to talk about our amaryllis at some point, because both of us are growing those. But, I just wanted to start, it's a pretty special day for me, my family, I want to send out big happy birthday greetings. Today is my daughter's 27th birthday. Oh, Sydney. Yes, indeed. And her cousin Chloe has her 30th birthday tomorrow. And my dad has his 89th birthday next Wednesday. And last week. Last Wednesday was a very special day marked uh, when my parents celebrated their 65th, if you can imagine, wedding anniversary. That's fabulous. So I always say to my mom, 65 years of marital bliss, right, mom? And then (laughs) she just starts to laugh, uh, you know, uncontrollably. Uh, So that gets her going. (laughs) Yes, November is a busy month in our family when it comes to all those birthdays and celebrations. Can I do a quick shout out now? Uh, okay. Just one. Just Home. one, but just, it's important. Is it the dry one. cleaners again? No, it is not the dry cleaners. Oh, okay, okay. No. Uh, my girlfriend Shirley, yes. her daughter uh, from Whistler, mm-hmm. is, has been visiting since uh, Thursday, I guess. Mm-hmm. And she's heading home today. Lauren, oh, yes. delightful young lady. She'll love that part, too. Had you met her before? <laughs> no. Oh, no. Nice. It was the first meeting, and she was sizing me up and down pretty good there. I bet, you but know. you've met her daughter. Uh, her, or no, uh, it's her daughter son's in, daughter. In, in, uh, yes, in uh, Toronto. She has. Two daughters and right. a son. Sorry, no, I yeah. met Lauren's daughter, but does Lauren, Lauren has two daughters and a son? No. 
Sure, surely no. he's got two daughters and no. a son. That's right. right. But remember, there was You're confusing a, me now. Sorry, but there was a grandchild <laughs> that came to visit a, da- a granddaughter, oh, yes, surely Carly. granddaughter. Carly. But that's not that's, Lauren's daughter. No, that's her son's daughter. That's right. Sorry, I didn't mean to get well, confused there. <laughs> the whole family. I'm getting to know Shirley's family really well. <laughs> Aren't now, we all? Yes. Back to the garden Speaking show. Speaking of the garden show, yeah. I just want to do one more. You know, hello, big shout out to all my students at Durham College. Of course, I teach horticulture there. Mm-hmm. Two different groups of students. One is a second-year class. We study greenhouse management and structures. And I have a first-year class where we teach horticultural principles. Um, I have made listening to the radio show part of their routine, and I hope everybody's listening right now because I just want to say hello and recognize that we're almost finished our fall semester and just wanted to let, let everybody know that I've really appreciated their, their enthusiasm. As students, they're enthusiastic to learn. They've been very... You know, very mostly very attentive to all the information that we've been sharing, you know, mm-hmm. in, in our classes and in our labs. And the fact that they get up so early in the morning to, to join the class, even 8 a.m. It of, often intrigues me uh, for teachers such as yourself. Do you have to deal with students who bring their cell phones in and leave them on and, and are working on the cell phone, talking yes, to people, yes. et cetera? Yes, uh, Cell phones are part of everybody's life. Yeah. I actually forgot my phone one day uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I felt naked without it. So <laughs> I understand the need okay. for phones. But, no, the, the phones are out. They're, they're, they're typically on silent. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it happens. You know, they could be playing solitaire for all I know. They've got either laptops or cell phones usually in front of their faces. It's all about screens. But that's the way it goes. Um, Okay, just... Yep. I, as is my want, uh, get ready for the holiday season this Thursday, December the 1st. So this coming Thursday, the Toronto Botanical Gardens is opening all their doors to the entire world from 7, sorry, from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. There will be over 20 artisans and the farmer's market vendors. Mm. There's a cafe and a coffee bar featuring farm fresh sweets and savory light mm. bites, complimentary cider, and a gently used gardening book sale. Yep. So definitely, you know, pick up wonderful presents, garden-themed presents, uh, great food. Please bring a non-perishable food item to donate to the North York Food Bank because that's the other trend we have going on now is the food bank events. Uh, of course, TBG is located at 777 Lawrence Avenue East at Leslie. Okay. Okay. Is that uh, going to do That'll for do now? That'll do for now. All right. And anything else, we'll squeeze in along the way as we progress along on this Saturday morning from Zoomer Radio, The Garden Show. And Charlie and I shall return in moments. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. All righty, Charlie, let's uh, meet the listeners this morning. And uh, from St. Catharines, we say uh, hi to Shelley. Hi, Shelley. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Um, uh, Charlie, I have two burning bushes that aren't burning. Oh, that's <laughs> an outrage. They're, no. they're on the yellow side. Oh. And there is, there is some, uh, some pinky red mm-hmm. on them. But they're not the gorgeous, burning, bright reds that they have been in the past. And I'm wondering, is it because of the summer? Might be. Are they so? They're fairly old shrubs. Um, well, they're not that big, actually. They're not. I, I wouldn't say no. They're not old. Old. They're maybe uh, three years old, four at the most. Yeah, that's not very old. Uh, okay, so you planted them, and yeah. how many hours of sunlight do they receive? Oh, they. 
well, my, I lost my front yard because it got burnt out. Uh-huh. So they were out there in that full sun all summer. Did they get water at all? Yes, I watered them. Okay, so... uh, I'm wondering if I didn't water them enough. Well, that's the thing. When it comes to shrubs or trees, you know, long-term plants like shrubs and trees, we want to water them rarely but deeply. So typically just a trickle of water for a couple of hours is what you want to put around the drip line of plants like shrubs and trees when we we experience the kind of drought we did this summer. So So, so would one of those hoses that, you know, um, what do they call them, a soaker hose? Soaker hoses, yep, they're excellent. You can twine. Are the shrubs together like in a garden bed somewhere? Oh, they're separated. Okay, and are they, do they kind of stand alone or are there other plants around them? Uh, one stands alone, and the other one has other shrub, uh, not shrubs, but uh, uh, sedum and that around it. Okay, <clears throat> how'd the sedum hold up? <laughs> Sedum's good. Good, yeah, I was gonna say probably fine, because uh, they love they're very good in super drought conditions. So but I've noticed the sedum also isn't that beautiful, like brighter red that it normally is. It's yeah. Um, how about your soil? Have you done any amending to the soil over the years? Adding, say, composted manure or anything like that? Well, actually, it's all new soil from uh, last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was compost and everything in that put in there, but th- that's why I wondered if it was more summer-related from that drought we had. <clears throat> Likely. And uh, and I would keep in mind that a good you know, a good growing soil is a very fertile soil and typically has a, a quite a good proportion of organic material in it. So, uh, again, a good quality, healthy soil is a living soil. So there's lots of little microorganisms doing their job of breaking up all that organic material, releasing nutrients to your plants. Well, that that's what I had put down in for the, like, for the plants, for yeah. where they are. Yeah. So, I also put mulch, um, okay. a cedar mulch on top. Okay. And um, I'm wondering, did the cedar mulch maybe not help but hinder? Well, okay, so okay, so a couple of things. So one is next year, consider do like always once a year, half an inch of organic material into the gardens to help support the plants that are in there. The mulch brings up another point, and that is, one, it, it helps to reduce some of the evaporation of moisture out of the soil. Right. But cedar, by virtue of being cedar, uh, when it's really, really dry, it almost has like a shell on its surface because it's got all these oils. And the oil, once the, the oily little bits get together, all those chips. And when you put out a sprinkler, sprinklers tend to be the water rolls off the mulch down into the lawn or, or the sidewalk or wherever. So sometimes it's hard to penetrate under the mulch with, particularly a cedar mulch, with water. What I would do if I were you next year is I would do a light cultivating. So that the mulch is mixed into the soil, the mulch that's there now. Then yeah. I would add a half an inch of organic, like some, say, composted manure to the gardens. Then I would lay soaker hoses on top of that. Then I would put mulch on top of the soaker hoses. Ah, right. Oh, so oh, you've so got bury the soaker hoses. Exactly. And you know what? You can leave them out. I leave my soaker hoses year-round under the mulch. It's out there. I don't worry about it. I use a little click-on system yeah, yeah. so that I just haul my hose, click. You know, none of this twisting, turning. Just click it on, turn on the hose, set the timer. Three hours later, turn off the hose. And uh, and the water is going down where I need it, down at root level, and it's uh, getting it's below the mulch, and it's not evaporating out into the air. Wow, that's... A wonderful idea. So would this have to be done every year? The mulch... Every two years. So the mulch and the organic? Well, I... I 
you could probably get away with it every two years to, you know, two to inch, two to four inches of mulch on top of the soaker hoses two years later is pretty decomposed. So right. at that point, yes, you're going to do another mix, another add and a fresh mulch on top. Oh, wonderful. Uh, oh, you are such a wealth of information. Thank you so much. My very oh, much pleasure. Now, don't get her head to explode now. <laughs> Gee, I have enough trouble with it. Oh, Frank. <clears throat> yeah, all right. Stop being so no, jealous. That, good, good question. And, yeah, uh, long su- answer. Su- no, no, yeah. that's, that's great, Shelley. Thank but you. But it is frustrating when burning bushes don't yeah. burn. It's usually lack of light, mm. but it was such a hard summer for many of our plants, it's likely that's exactly what the right. problem is. Well, you know, uh, let's. Uh, here's a first time caller oh, for nice. Wait a minute. Hey, that's for Denise uh, in oh, St. Catharines. St. Catharines is awake yeah. this morning. Good morning, <laughs> Denise. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you. Good morning, Charlie and Frank. I have a question, Charlie, about a poinsettia plant, which mm-hmm. won't turn red. Okay. Now, I went on the net, and the three plants I bought last Christmas I put out on the deck in mm-hmm. the back, and they're beautiful and green and about three feet high. Okay. I read on the net that if I put them in a really dark place from the middle of October, water them minimally, um, that they should turn red by the middle of December. Mm-hmm. Well, I watered them a week and a half ago, real quick, you know, peeked in underneath all the <laughs> dark covers in the closet, mm-hmm. and uh, about a third of the leaves are turning white and falling off, and the rest of them are still quite green. <laughs> what am I doing wrong? <laughs> all right, so there was a little fine point I think you missed when you did your uh, research on the web, and that is that, yes, poinsettias do need that dark period. Uh, it's a good 12 hours of total darkness. But uh, on the other side, they need 12 hours of light. Oh, so it's not total darkness 24? No. No, total darkness 24 hours a day is causing them extreme stress, and that's why they're turning white. Because okay. the chlorophyll, which is what makes the green leaves, uh, is not photosynthesizing, so it's dying and it, it disappearing out of the leaves, and of course the leaves are falling off. Right. So you're right. I mean, it sounds like you've done a fancy covering um, job oh, I for them. Oh, I real good, yep. Yeah, which is great, <laughs> yeah. but could you modify that so that you can uncover for 12 hours and cover for 12 Okay, so they only get covered at night then. Yeah, and and you know what? I'll tell you the way how this really works in in nature because this is a very totally natural process. Poinsettias originally uh, were found and and grew in Mexico, and in Mexico. Uh, at the time when they were discovered by the Europeans, of course, there was no electric lights at night. So when the sun went down at 6 p.m. at night, it was pitch black. And when the sun came up at 6 a.m., it was a bright, sunny day. And poinsettias grow into trees in Mexico. I mean, they're big shade trees. Mm-hmm. And, of course, at this time of year, they've had that lovely 12 hours of light and 12 hours of dark very naturally and normally since mid-October. So they are bright red for Christmas. And what we do here, of course, and even in Mexico now, they probably these trees don't turn quite so red anymore unless they're far away from civilization because it's all our electric lights that mess things up, right? That keep things light when we, it should be dark for the plants. So the growers here in the greenhouses, they actually cover them, uh, have black shade cloth that they cover the poinsettias for 12 hours. Uh, so there's 12 hours light, 12 hours dark starting, as you pointed out, in mid-October. So, so am I too late now if I start giving them some... Some daylight? Um, no, I would I would try start the process now. Just 
you know, you, you're six weeks behind, but that's okay. You, you're going to start to get some reddening happening because they have responded to some of that dark. Your trick is to get them some, you know, keep them as happy and healthy in terms of getting some light. Do and, I fertilize them? Um, not really, not at this point. What I would do is just make sure that they, when they're watered, they're thoroughly watered and then allowed to dry out almost, almost bone dry. You want them a little bit moist and then some more water. And just, um, yeah, Keep them. You might have to do a little bit of pruning if if they've lost like tips and things. But if the tip leaves are still there, leave those alone because they will turn red. If you can just get that dark light thing started now. Okay, I'll get on it. And thank right. you for your help. And let us know how that turns out. I want I want an yeah. update, full report. <laughs> okay, I'll let you know. And thanks a lot. Thank thanks you, for Denise. Calling. Don't be a stranger. First time caller, no more. Right. Okay, nine twenty four on the show, and we're going to be coming back to speak with another uh, first time caller. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And at 929, let me just emphasize here, we're, uh, well, we're looking for more calls, to be very honest. Well, uh, otherwise, you're going to have to listen to Frank and I chitter-chatter. Yeah, and and that's, there's no fun in that. I was no. going to say, it might be scary. 416-360-0740 if you're in the Toronto area. Anywhere else in the province, it's toll-free, 1-866-744-740. And as is our wont. We like to welcome the new listeners, new callers, by ringing the bell. And here's one, S. Siri Bob. That's welcome to Joel, the show, right here in Toronto. Hi, Joel. Hi. Good morning. 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 I really enjoy your show. Thanks for taking my call. Excellent. What's going on? Well, I um, rescued a hibiscus plant nice. from the curbside. It's about four feet tall. Mm. Somebody just threw it out to the curb, and I mm. rescued it from the jaws of the Toronto pickup people. <laughs> good for you. <laughs> And, and how long? This in, which immediately followed by a bunch of leaf drop. I had to be my leaf blower in the living room practically. Uh, well, so when leaf on it just practically dropped to the ground immediately. When did you do this rescue? About a month ago. Oh, okay. So what, what hadn't I, been um, frosted? I just want to know. It's uh, got some green leaves at the bottom. Mm. First foot. It's about four feet tall. Mm. And now this now it's four feet of dead branches looking like, but. Um, what do we do with this thing for the winter? So is it a single stem? Uh, like a no, it's multiple stems. Okay, it's got so about eight. Stands okay. at least, so maybe more. Like a bush. Yes. And so it's about four feet tall, and you've got green at the bottom, but yep. looks pretty dead at the top. Well, the, the leaves are gone. I mean, so I wonder yeah. if it did get maybe get a light frost to have the tips yeah, die did, like yeah. that. So what you need to do, have you got it in a really sunny location? Yes. Excellent. And you do you have a pair of sharp pruners? Yes. Okay. So you're going to get out your sharp pruners, okay. and you are going to prune back all the dead wood, which is what all those tips are, those okay. branches sound dead. Right. But you're going to follow down each branch till you find a green bud or a little miniature green leaf yes. Yes. that is growing to the outside of the plant. So right. it'll be located on the outside edge, if you will, or right. uh, of, the, of the branch. Okay. You're going to do a slanted cut at that point. You're going to throw, you know, compost what you take right. down. Yeah, I've done that already, the leaves anyway. Uh, yeah, exactly. And then get out your leaf blower and pick up whatever other leaves are kicking around. And make sure that there is no leaves on the surface of the soil because, of course, they're going to get all mildewy and moldy and not help matters. Okay. Uh, and then check the quality of the soil. Are you seeing roots or is it is soil look pretty good? Or Yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, it's uh, probably this like a new tree, I would think, this season. Okay, good. Uh, must have been put outside probably for the summer and then brought, it's, you know. Well, probably what happened 
suppose sure, out, you know. outside and whoever owned it had no opportunity to right. take it inside. They had no place to no put it. Them, yeah, they're <laughs> big plants. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And no, but it was sweet of you to rescue it because, I mean, why not? It's a, they, they're yeah, great I, plants. I call them objets trouvé for my family. They are, I'm well aware of, I have a reputation of, you know, you? things of this sort. <laughs> Garbage picker, are you? Oh, I've got a nice, the Boston Fern, same thing. Oh, nice. Hey. Very good. Very good. Yeah, yeah, it's so, been going for five years, so I mean, this is what, you know. Yeah. Good for you. I, I've done that myself, rescued a few plants, and then, Absolutely. you know, they kind of take over your house, and then you're putting them on the end of your driveway, hoping somebody will rescue them. No, uh, so, so do what you're doing. Keep that sunshine, sunny spot. Water when dry. Of course, remember, with so few leaves, this plant's not going to use a lot of water. Any fertilizer. For- not now. Wait until the days start to get longer. So you've got to wait till you know, remember, December 22nd is our favorite day of the year because we're getting into longer days. And But to really have any impact, it's generally February by the time, uh, you know, even mid-February, by the time we mix up, you know, an all-purpose, a miracle grow, whatever, yeah. into our watering uh, and then water thoroughly with that. But just just be really careful. It's easy to overwater in the winter. The plant is not growing a lot. And with so few leaves, of course, it's not using a lot of water either. And all, all the flowers come in the tips. So they had bud, they all gone. That's right. So uh, all, it's will, the, they, will these grow new tips? The, the new, well, that's exactly what, when you cut off all that dead stuff, what's going to shoot out is new growth. And okay. those will be your new tips. And okay. that's where your buds will form. So that's why when you're doing your cutting back, stand back and make sure that the plant looks good structurally when you're done. Yes. Uh, it's even and, and an, an attractive looking plant yep. and cut as required. Fantastic. All right. Okay. Let Th- you know how it works out. I yeah, please appreciate do. that. I love updates. <laughs> <laughs> Thank Thanks, you, Joel. Thanks, Joel. Don't be a stranger. All righty. Uh, gee whiz, 933 and out in Scarborough, there is Wanda on the line. Good morning, Wanda. Oh, good morning, Charlie and Frank. Good I'm happy morning. to get through so early. Nice. Uh, I took in my rosemary plant. Mm-hmm. And it was doing well. There was one darker stem and one with newer growth, I guess, this year. Mm -hmm. Now, the one with the darker stem seems to be drying. Mm -hmm. Um, And the other one is still quite green. Mm -hmm. Rosemary, I find, is a little hard or tough to keep happy indoors. Uh Uh, Do you have it in a bright spot, a sunny spot? No, it's in a north bay window, okay. uh, so it gets a little morning sun and a little sun uh, late in the afternoon. Okay. Well, what I would do, because rosemary, you want to keep it on the dry side, because they are a plant oh. that's very, very good for, it's a very drought-tolerant plant. I see. Uh, it likes a hot, sunny spot if you had, but, you know, the, obviously a bay window is great. What I would do is... Be careful about over of watering it. You want to let it really dry out between waterings. Oh, but, and I've been watering almost every day. Oh yeah, no, don't <laughs> water every day. Stop <laughs> with the water every day. So to let you're going to feel the soil before you water again, and you're going to want it to feel quite dry before you water again. Good. But but what I would do is. Since rosemary likes a fairly dry soil, it also likes more humidity than our homes have at this time of year. You know, with the, the heat on and the furnace blowing all that dry air, tropical plants and, and plants like rosemary don't like that. If you can 
put together what's called a pebble tray. So it's just, um, you know, it could be like a cookie sheet or any kind of a tray with mm-hmm. gravel in the bottom. The rosemary plant sits on top of the gravel, but you keep water in that tray at all times. That mm-hmm. way the, the plant is not in the water, but the water is constantly evaporating around the plant. Does the tray have to be very large? No, just bigger than the pot. Bigger than the pot. Yeah, bigger than the pot, preferably bigger than the, the drip line of the plant. You, right. you know, so, so if the plant is, you know, it's eight inches wide, you need about a 12 by 12 tray, right? Oh. And uh, yeah, and that just helps with the humidity. Slow down on your watering. If necessary, you are going to have to cut out any deadwood, but that will become more obvious as time goes on. And yeah, if it is dead and crispy and dry, cut it out. But of course, save. You can certainly use what, uh, what it has dried on the plant when next time you're making some chicken. And you know, Wanda, I found an interesting article on Rosemary online where it stated that a 15% increase in your memory by using uh, rosemary. Yeah. So uh, that's what they advocate is to try some Listen rosemary. To you, Mr. Yes. Mr. Nutrient well, Healthcare. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Are you kidding? You don't get a fabulous physique such as I. I <laughs> getcha. But well, yeah. I love the way you remembered that. So you've obviously been yeah. taking your rosemary in yeah. your breakfast cereal. Well, not quite. No, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to. <laughs> Just thought I'd throw that in, you know, for whatever it's worth. Yep. Right. Good luck with that, Rosemary. Thank you very much. <laughs> And uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, we got time here. Oh, goody. Uh, goody, goody, says Frank. It's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's another first-time caller. Wait a minute. Oh, That's for you, you, Glenn, go. out there in Ajax. Glennis. Well, Glennis. Welcome to the show. Oh, Glennis, I beg your pardon. Hello, Glennis. Yes, good morning, Frank. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning. Yeah. I have, uh, three years ago, went to the Canada Blooms, mm-hmm. bought a plumera plant. Mm-hmm. It was just a, a stick, a yep. stem. Yep, yep. Planted it, followed the instructions. It's done well. It's grown. Uh, you know, replanted it into a bigger plot, pot. But now, within the last two or three months, it's um, got a lot of white dots on all the leaves, and the leaves are dropping. White dots on the top surface or the under? Um, on the top surface, the oh. leaves are dropping. Yeah, but I'm just wondering where the dots are. So they're, they're the, all over, uh, okay. all over the leaf. Uh, okay, so when you see white, okay, so the white dots, if you rubbed your finger on this, the leaf, would that white dot what rub off? Have you tried? Uh, I'm doing that now. Okay. No. No. Uh, okay, so now, see, when a pl- there's an insect, well, it's not even an insect, it's actually a, a spider called spider mites. Spider mites, um, though it's be unusual to have it so early in the season, they are an insect that, um, again, they're not really an insect, they're a spider, that suck juice from plants. And when a plant is infested with spider mite, it gets a granular look to the leaves. So the green leaves get these speckles. No, it's still smooth and green, but it's speckled with white. Uh. And... But the, it's, the spider mites are not on the top. They're on the bottom. Mm-hmm. And they're sucking from below, and they're killing cells within the leaves. And the dead cells, of course, end up looking white. So it's just a very distinctive look. What I would do is look, get the plant. Is it in the window? Like you have it it's in a in bright... in the window. Perfect. So you, 
get down so that the window, the plant is between you and the window, and look in the the axles or the crotches where the stems and the leaves come together, right. and look for webbing. You'll never see spider mites, but you will see evidence of them because you'll see their webs. Okay. If you suspect and you do see any webbing whatsoever, then that's what I would suspect spider mite, and then you need to get a hold of a product called End All. Um, and I believe it's still out there under the name End All. It is uh, an oil-based pyrethrin spray that will kill spider mite if used properly, if that's what you've got. I'm wondering if when you're inspecting mm. the plant, if you spritzed a little water mm. on that possible webbing, would that True. help them show up? You True. Know? Good point. Yep. Just like dew shows yeah, up on yeah. a spider web. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so look closely for webbing. If you don't see any evidence of webbing, look at the back of the leaves, see if, you, if there's anything odd going on there. Um, also, another option would be to take a picture, a nice clear picture, and email that to me. I might be able to help you that way. Um, but yeah, white dots, if they're not moving, is not typically an insect other than, I like I say, I suspect spider mite. Okay. All right. So uh, Frank will give you my email address if that helps. If you want to go the, the uh, photograph route and you I'd could... I'd love to have a flower. Uh, I bet. I bet. <laughs> I bet you. Okay. Uh, have you got a piece of uh, paper and pencil handy by any chance? Yes, I do. All righty. Here is the email address for Charlie Dobbin. It is c.dobbin, that's D-O-B-B-I-N, at mzmedia.com. Pretty simple, really, and uh, Charlie would be delighted to take a look at whatever you send her, okay? And thank you very much. Thank you very much for uh, checking us out here on The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. Matter of fact, there's a guy in Toronto here by the name of Harry who has bought a new tree, and he needs some help, I think, in how to keep that tree going. Uh, We'll get to that in just moments here on Zoomer Radio, The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Coming up to 944 here on a Saturday morning. And Harry, did I sum up the situation pretty well there? You got a brand new Yeah, treat? pretty good. Okay. <laughs> morning, right. Harry. Good morning, Charlie and Frank. It's a great show. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, the tree out in front of our house is actually a city tree. Mm-hmm. The one that was there before uh, was supposed to have died uh, Fifteen and within fifteen years, mm-hmm. we've nurtured it on for another ten years beyond that. But the city finally cut it down. They put a new. And this is a sugar maple. Mm-hmm. Um, they put a new sapling in, which is about six feet tall. Um, should we um, help it along by covering either the base or the with burlap or anything or the top uh, for this? No, nope. for this startup. No, no, no. But are you sure uh, it's a sugar maple? That's what the well. That's what the sign says on it. Yes. Really, I'm amazed. And you live in the city. Yes. It was a sugar maple before, and we requested having another sugar, oh, okay. sugar maple put in. All right. Yeah. So I mean, sugar maples are native trees. They're lovely trees, which is why you do not have to do any fancy winter care. This is a plant that is well evolved to Ontario's climate, and okay. um, it should be just fine without any any um, supplemental care. The reason I'm questioning sugar maple is because it is a very large tree in its in its beautiful well, we, grandeur. We live, uh, uh, we live on the Boulevard Street, mm. and it's, it's a very wide street. And um, actually, you know, the trees that are around us are huge. I think the diameter is about 
four feet, yeah, five feet. Exactly. So these are were planted uh, 50, 60 years ago. Yeah. So, so that's great. I mean, um, uh, sugar, uh, that's the thing. Sugar maples want to be, you know, like 100 feet tall and 60 feet wide if they can get there. Um, yeah. Urban conditions aren't always the best for uh, sugar maples to achieve, uh, you know, hugeness. But, you know, they are long-lived trees. So, you know, excellent. You've had good experience, obviously, with the, the first one. So that's why you've obviously chosen another one. And that's fine. Just leave it as it is. We've, we've had lots of moisture this fall, so there's no panic around it being too dry for the winter. And then it's just a matter of watching in the spring uh, so that um, if a lot of salt buildup has taken place on the boulevard where it's planted and we don't get a lot of rain, it would be a good idea to get some water out around this tree to neutralize any salt buildup that might have happened if we get a lot of snow. Um, and otherwise, it's just, yeah... Keeping an eye on it, De- any dead wood should be removed in the spring because the city won't come and do that. So you're going to look no. for anything dead. You're going to look for any branches that are crisscrossing, damaging each other because sometimes the growth isn't in the right direction. So a little bit of, you know, it's only six feet tall. It's a good size for you to care for it still. Just look for the any dead wood, any diseased or any damaged wood next spring and prune back. It doesn't have to prune in the spring. You could wait till late spring or early summer and do any cleaning up. And, and otherwise, yeah, if we get into another drought, summer remember water deeply every 10 days or two weeks if we get into a serious drought that's all i can really say and it should do fine so good for you fantastic thank you very much good stuff thanks for calling and thanks for looking after a city tree because that's uh, that is a homeowner's responsibility i believe and i'm with you 100 i do the same thing i look after my city tree and i get my neighbors to too you have been fully accredited as a nice guy oh nice hey speaking of trees though remember last week homework yes last week chris called wanted to know if there was any good suggestion for uh, a good book Mm -hmm. uh regarding trees and we did get some uh, support and a call from one of our listeners who said there is that wonderful book called Native Trees of Canada, uh-huh. which is written by R.C. Hosey, H-O-S-I-E, and that is an excellent book. I do have that at home. It is only native trees, but, you know, as an example, that sugar maple is well yeah. covered mm-hmm. in that book. The other book that's extremely popular, it's considered the, uh, the, the, the Bible of the tree world, is written by an author named Michael Durr, D-I-R-R. So he first wrote a book called The Manual of Woody Landscape Plants, Their Identification, Ornamental Characteristics, Culture, Propagation, and Uses. So that has been revised a number of times, and I was showing Frank here on on Amazon. Mm. If you just Google Michael Durr, D-I-R-R, and then go to his plant books, you'll see this book, The you know, Manual of Woody Landscape Plants. So in hardcover, and hardcover was most recently revised in 2009, it is a $300 purchase. Yeah, but it's the Bible. It's the Bible, absolutely. Well, yeah. uh, but you can also get used. See, through Amazon, you don't have to always buy um, new. There's yeah. often used books. In soft cover, it's quite, it's only seventy three dollars, but it was last revised in nineteen ninety, so uh, it is uh, yeah. you know quite a bit older. Sounds like a marvelous Christmas gift for somebody, huh? Well, you know what's a really good book, also by Michael Durr, is called the Illustrated Encyclopedia of Trees. It is glossy. It has uh-huh. excellent photographs, and that was the one I mentioned last week. Uh, last revised in nineteen ninety seven. Again, it's a it, it, 
used, you can get it quite inexpensive, and then, of course, the price goes up to new. But, um, yeah, Michael Durer is the, the guy to go to for okay. any, for the Bible on trees. Some excellent suggestions from Charlie. For Matter Chris. of fact, we've got, uh, we've got two callers who are first-time callers, Pamela and Norma, waiting online, and we shall get to you momentarily. Don't go away, okay? We just have to take a little bit of a break here. I was just thinking about, you know, the number of full-time, or first-time callers we get on the show, mm-hmm. and uh, it might be that some folks are turning to the state for the first time. Maybe. And they're hearing us talk about Sierra And they're meeting us for the first time. Wow. What an experience. (laughs) I tell you. Yeah. So, but maybe just just to jump back a little bit in time to the beginning of the Sierra Sill company, uh, the healing quality of Sierra Sill was discovered by a gold prospector in Mm. the Sierras, the mountains, right? And then developed under the stewardship of the Bentley family. Yes. And it's a pure natural mineral complex, had its origin in volcanic rock that was geothermically altered about 10 million years ago. Now, this unique mineralogy can't be recreated in a lab. Sierra Sill has been rigorously tested, including double-blind, placebo-controlled trials for safety and efficacy. Mm-hmm. And as a matter of fact, it's now being tried a, a trial again uh-huh. uh, for a two-year intestinal. study for intestinal uh, benefits. Right, exactly. Because a lot of people have noted, hey, their and tummies are getting better. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so you and I use it to keep our joints working and, yeah. and working well and pain-free so that we can live the active lifestyles we want to live and rake those leaves and shovel that snow. And it. in some cases, both at the same time, like I was doing <laughs> last week. So, uh, yeah, Sierra Sill works for us. We highly recommend it. If it doesn't work for you, you have a 14-day full money-back guarantee. If if you're not feeling any better after 14 days of taking Sierra Sill, more information, give them a call one eight seven seven joint fourteen or check them on the web sierrasill.com. S i e r r a s i l. At this very moment, someone snorkeling inches below the ocean surface while flying fish skim the waves above. And at this very moment, it could be you. Bougainvillea Beach Resort in Barbados. Discover this oceanfront hotel with two pristine white sand beaches, upscale accommodations, and the warmth of the staff. Escape from the norm to Bougainvillea Beach Resort. Call your travel agent or... One triple eight Barbados at stokeseeds.com. Seed isn't all you get. Part of helping your vegetables and flowers grow is removing the guesswork and replacing it with over a century of Stokes experience. Stokeseeds.com is a resource center for gardeners with advice on seed starting, planting, and harvesting. That plus thousands of varieties of the highest quality seed shipped to your door. Pre-order your free 2017 gardening guide today from stokeseeds.com. Cultivate successful growers for generations. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, <coughs> then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And Charlie, of course, battling a little Whoops. bit of a cold Sorry there. That. That's, that's okay. Um, Pamela in Thornhill. Now, wait a minute. Here we go. Oh, your arm's getting there, a workout I today. It is. Hey, welcome, welcome to the show, Pamela. Uh, hi, Charlie and Frank. Uh, I've been a long-time listener and a first-time caller. Yes, indeed. Welcome. I enjoy your show. It's excellent. The information is great. Thank you. My problem is that I have an area in my garden which has filtered light, mm-hmm. not very good sunlight. Mm-hmm. The soil is acidic because mm-hmm. of the needles that fall from the blue spruce tree. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to grow plants in that area and have not had any luck. 
I would like to know what perennials and annuals I could grow for next year so that that area in the garden looks great. Yeah, it looks filled in. Now, so is it, this is beneath the blue spruce? Like, have you limbed, have you l- removed the lower limbs of the blue spruce? Yes, I have removed the lower limbs, but you know, the tree has grown to over six feet. And uh, it's just going to get bigger. Right. <laughs> I, what can I do? Like, I'm a bit scared <clears throat> that it may fall. Oh, why? If there's a wind or a snowstorm or something of that sort. How tall? Are they hardy? Oh, very, yeah. How okay. tall is it, roughly? It's roughly must be about uh, 10 feet, I think. Oh, if it's, you know, in reasonably good soil, you know, it's planted well and it looks straight and strong now, I wouldn't be at all worried about it falling over. uh, It was not planted right. The the stem of the tree is a little bit crooked. Oh, okay. Yeah. So when it went in, it, it's, it well, got a bit sense. of a lean? It's got a bit of a lean, But yeah. do, do you notice that the top of it is growing straight now, or is the whole thing still got the lean going on? Uh, it's growing straight. Yeah, way. because the, typically, yeah, if the stem ends up with a tiny bit of a lean because of wind or, or shifting after it's been planted, the, the terminal bud or the very top of the plant yeah. will respond to gravity, uh-huh. <clears throat> and it will typically always go Straighten straight. Up. Ah. Okay. Yeah, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't be overly concerned about that. But So things that can grow beneath the blue spruce, how high up is the limbing been done? Like how big is that area? Can you walk in underneath there? No. Yes, yes. Oh, I you could. can. A lot, uh, like I have to bend a little bit. Right, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. So, you, and you're right, it's quite acidic because of all the right. uh, I needles. Right, try to sweep it and take it out, but it's a big job, right? Yes, it is. So, you know what? What you need to do is you need to think about what grows in acid soil that looks good uh, year-round and is, like you say, filtered light. Right. Uh, There are very hardy plants called azaleas. They are hardy azaleas, so A-Z-A-L-E-A. They're deciduous plants. They drop their leaves for the winter, but they bloom beautifully in the spring. They like you know, more, half a day sun minimum, but they're, it's amazing how well they'll do in filtered light. I, I have a couple in my backyard that are right underneath uh, crabapple trees, uh, okay. and they do very well uh, in that situation. So again, filtered light, not a lot of direct sunlight for sure, and beautiful blooms in the spring and nice leaves right. uh, the rest of the time. Of course, rhododendrons in general do love acidic soil. There's some super hardy ones in the PJ... P as in Paul, J as in John, M as in Michael, PJM. There's a whole series of rhododendrons. They're dwarf. They're evergreen. They're, again, super hardy, um, bloom beautifully in the spring, love the acid soil, would, would handle those conditions quite well by the sounds of it. So that th- those are long-term woody plants. Perennials, there are a few. I mean, hostas will grow just about anywhere. So you could probably uh, get some hostas established I've in there. I've tried planting hostas, but uh, they don't seem to be picking up mm. well. Yep. Okay, so a little bit of lime, horticultural lime, sprinkled into the soil when planting will help with that. The other thing would be just a simple ground cover, like periwinkle. Periwinkle does very well in filtered light, acid soil, evergreen, you know, periwinkle blue flowers in the spring, and just shiny green leaves the rest of the year. So, um, yeah, there are quite a few choices. So take a look out there in the spring and and go to a good garden center where you could get some good advice as well. What about annuals? 
Begonias, maybe. Begonias are pretty hardy and will grow just about anywhere, but that would probably be your best bet. Okay. Okay. I'll try growing them. Thanks, Pamela. Thank you. Great. Thanks for the information. Thank you, Pamela. Pleasure. Let us know how that goes. Want to zip along if we have time here to get to Norma, who is a first-time caller. There you go, Norma. Welcome to the show. First timer, welcome. Thank you. What's going on? Um, actually, I sent you an email, Charlie, and uh, I don't know if you reply to emails on the email or if you reply on the air. Uh, you know what? I, remind me what your email said. Okay, it was about uh, um, a violet that is about eighteen years old, and uh, when I came upon it, nobody had cared for it, but it was still blooming hmm. in the office, and I That's gave right. it new soil and I gave it. Um, vitamins and so on so it's now picked up it's great now there's two places where after the purple flower starts to shrivel Mm -hmm. it pops up into a like a green pea Mm -hmm. very bright green light bright green shiny and it looks like a pea yeah seeds yeah it's like a fruit and there's seeds inside yeah so I don't know what to do with those. Can I? Is that? Can I propagate with those? You could. It'd be a very slow process, but you certainly could. Uh, and if you like, I can help you with that via email, just because that's such a detailed question. But yeah. Um, I do remember reading your email, and I'm sorry I didn't respond at the time, but the uh, um, good for you for doing the rejuvenation on that violet because they are lovely plants, and they'll bloom 12 months out of the year given the right care and, you know, the right love, et cetera. So when you're, you've got it so happy now that you're even got it providing seeds for potential propagation. Now, remember, growing from seed, you probably aren't going to get the same plant but you will get renditions of african violets who knows what colors you'll get but uh why not it might be some fun but i will like i said i will reply to that via email just because of the details of how to get those seeds growing in a in a way that will have them thriving in your office okay norma right. thank thank you very Thanks much for again the call. for calling and reminding me about that and we're just about at a racetrack here uh you've got a busy week coming up Oh, nonstop. Birthdays, birthdays, birthdays. <laughs> there you go. And then it's Christmas, yeah. Christmas, Christmas. Yeah. You know, and then it's Hanukkah, Hanukkah. And I, mean, I have, as well as my show this afternoon from 1 to 3.30 uh, tomorrow night, just a bit of a reminder that I'm I'm pinch hitting for George Junescu uh-huh. on the uh, Big Band Sunday evening from yes. 7 to 11. You are and, versatile. But you know, George, uh, good news. He's home oh, from the hospital. Good, good. Uh, recovering from that uh, broken hip. hip. And that's got to be a tough situation, but he's doing well. And uh, he'll be saying hi to everybody tomorrow evening. I'll conference him in just after Excellent. 7 o'clock. So Sounds there you like go. fun. All yeah. right. Well, good for you, and good for you for being so incredibly versatile that you can just pop oh, into any show. I tap dance show. my way through darn near anything. <laughs> through life. Good for you. Thanks, Frank. Thanks a lot, Sebastian. Thanks to all our great callers. See you again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.